everyone. My name is Michelle from the Table in Uniontown. Thanks for tuning into our podcast this week. We're happy you're here. This is the live recording from last Sunday's sermon. We hope that as you listen, you'll more deeply understand the truth of God's Word and how much He loves you. Let's jump into the Word. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Am I on here? Good morning. <laughs> um, I can't believe it, but uh, boy, next weekend is uh, Labor Day. So like the unofficial end of the summer, the unofficial beginning of the fall. Hope everybody had a great summer. So I know uh, Christy and I did. So I had a real fun summer, lots of things going on. And I think the church here had a good summer too. So we had uh, uh, the Low Country Boil was a big success this year again. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, we started our small groups. I know our small groups have been going great. We've been having a lot of fun with that. That's right. <laughs> Got the cheering section back there. <laughs> um, and I know the other, the other small groups are going well, too. Um, if, if you haven't started in, if you haven't gotten involved in a small group yet, this would be a great time to jump in as, as your kind of schedules are maybe getting a little more regular here in the fall. So feel free to talk to Joey about that. We'd love to get you plugged into a small group. Um, and I think Joey's been doing a great job this summer with the Psalms. This has been a, this has been a really cool uh, sermon series this summer. Uh, I love the Psalms. I mean, I, I use the Psalms all the time um, in my job as a chaplain. And uh, Joey did a good job of kind of picking some different Psalms that had some different subjects that really applied to us. You have to be kind of careful with the Psalms a little bit. You know, I, like I said, I read through the Psalms a lot of times with my patients, and sometimes you go to hit one, and you're like, ooh, I needed to skip that one. Uh, move on to the next one here. Uh, I feel like Joey tried to do that to me here today. Uh, <laughs> I swear he said, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I swear that I heard him say Psalm 137 for this morning. So I read through that, and it says, at the, at the end it says, um, talks about dashing people's uh, kids against the rocks. I was like... I thought you said it was supposed to be about Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I, thought, I looked at 138 and said, oh, okay, that, that one works a little bit better. Okay, so, so we're doing 138 today, Joy. So, all right. <laughs> one or the other, that's right. So, so let's start out by reading our, our psalm today. We'll kind of get into it a little bit. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O God, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk into the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. It's a nice song, huh? Um... I thought well, at first when I started reading this, okay, yeah, great, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, that's a, that's a big theme in, in the Psalms, uh, so uh, that should be easy, it should be interesting. And I actually looked at it a little bit, and Thanksgiving is not a big theme in the Psalms. 
Uh, to my surprise, the word thanks or thanksgiving only appears 22 times in the whole book of Psalms. So only 11 of the 150 Psalms talks about thanksgiving at all. Uh, thanks or thanksgiving only appears 45 times in the whole Old Testament. Every single time the word appears, it was about giving thanks to God, though, which I think is interesting. It never mentions about giving thanks to anyone but God. Not surprisingly, I think, the Psalms talks a lot, though, about praising God. Kind of makes sense. You know, the Psalms is the, the song book, the, the praise book of, of the Old Testament. It talks about uh, praise 182 times, and 370, uh, just in the Psalms, and 307 times in the whole Old Testament. So what does that mean? Well, apparently we should be praising God at least 10 times more often than we're thanking Him, which is kind of interesting. God is much more concerned about our praise than our thanks. Now, I think this is interesting because I think it's way easier to thank God than it is to praise Him. I think it would be hard to, to think of words of praise to, to do with God, especially in prayer. You know, it's easy to say, thank you, God, for the food that you've given. Thank you for my family. Thank you for all the good things that are going on in my life. But praising God, at least for me, it's not as natural, just to praise God for who He is. But praising God is important. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer only includes praise. It doesn't talk about thanking God at all. It only talks about praising God. It starts out by praising God. Hallowed be thy name. In other words, holy be your name. Most of the prayers of the Bible seem to start with praising God. Now, I didn't go through every single one of them, but uh, most of them start out by praising God for being awesome and amazing and, 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 and incredible and gracious. God deserves our praise. When we praise Him, we acknowledge His position. He's God, we're not. And we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes, right? God is God and we are not. He's the one in charge. It's important to start our prayers off there with praise because it starts us out with the right perspective when we're praying. We're going to God for help, but we're also submitting ourselves to God. God praising God in prayer is important. It encourages us to be mindful of praising. I encourage you to be mindful of praising God in your prayers. Now, this psalm does talk a little bit about praise but it mostly talks about thanksgiving. God deserves our thanks, just like He deserves our praise. It's right to give God thanks for the things that He's done for us. The Psalms may not dwell on the idea of thanksgiving, but Paul does in the New Testament. He, gives thanks, he says to give thanks at all circumstances, no matter what's going on, whether it's good or bad, we should give God thanks. And he says that whenever we ask God for something, we should also give thanks as we're asking Him something. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I think that's such a compact, powerful verse. Every single word is important, including the word thanksgiving. Like praising God, giving thanks to God, adjust our perspectives. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Acts prayer, A-C-T-S. You know, when we... A kind of a simple outline for prayer that I use to kind of first start learning how to pray. How to pray is uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. In other words, start out our prayers by praising God, then confess to Him how our need for Him and our lacking, thank Him for how uh, for all the things that He's done for us, 
once we've gotten through those first three steps, then we're ready to have the right mindset to know how to ask him for the things that we need. And we probably have a better idea of the things that we really should be asking for, not just what we want, but what God wants in our lives. So praise and thanksgiving, especially in prayer, I think is important. It acknowledges that we we did not do that thing by ourselves. Whatever it is, whatever we accomplished, we didn't do it by ourselves. God was with us through that. We should be asking for God's help in whatever we're facing. We can't do it by ourselves, and we should acknowledge it's the God who helps us through those things. That keeps us humble. Um, I had a visit with a a dementia patient. uh, This is a few months ago, the first time I saw her. And uh, pretty much through the the entire visit, she really didn't say a word, which isn't unusual for dementia patients because that's often something you lose. You lose that that ability to interact and to speak. And um, so I spent the, the time just kind of being present with her and you know, trying to talk with her, talk about the weather, talk about her family, talk about different things. And finally, toward the end, I said, you know, and I just want to remind you that, you know, God loves you and he cares for you and he's always with you. And for the first time, she said something. She said, well, Jesus has always been good to me. Isn't that cool? This lady, <clears throat> even though she was a dementia patient, she was stuck in bed. She's stuck in a nursing home. She didn't have a lot of visitors. She was still thankful for all the things that Jesus did for her and was continuing to do for her. It's a good lesson for all of us. Uh, Again, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to give thanks. He deserves our thanks, but we need to give him thanks. Again, to keep our perspective straight. Thanksgiving is good for our soul, actually. Uh, it's one of the keys to happiness. Thankful people are generally happier people. You know, if you only think about all the things you don't have, you're probably going to be miserable. If you think about how you don't have an Audi that works. Oh, that's, a, that's an inside joke. <laughs> if, you, if all you think about is, you know, I don't, need, I don't have a new car, I don't have a nice house, or my family's not as nice as somebody else, or whatever, or my job stinks, you're going to be miserable. But if you think about all the great things that you do have, like the wonderful family that you have, the, the, the job that you have, the, the things that you have, you're going to be happier. You're going to be more grateful, and you're going to be nicer to be around. Uh, comparing yourselves to others will only make you miserable. But that's easy to do, isn't it? We always want to compare ourselves. Oh, he has more than I do, or she has more than I do. But that's going to make you miserable. We need to be thankful for what we do have. That's why the Bible says don't covet. You know, that's, one of the, that's one of the big ten, right? Don't covet because it makes us miserable. If we're thankful for what we do have, we'll be more content. A lot of people say, you know, praise God. You know, praise God he healed me for this or praise God he did this in my life. Praise God he, he you know, answered this financial need for me. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, but technically, praising and thanking are two different things. We praise God for who He is. He's holy. He's compassionate. He's gracious. All those things. We thank Him for what He's done for us. And the only reason I bring that up is, again, so we remember to do both. You know, it's easy to do one and forget the other. But we need to be doing both of those things in our lives and in our prayer. Also, um, praising God is another, way of saying, is another way of worshiping God. So we worship God through our praise. We can thank anyone 
for the help that they've given us, but only God deserves our praise. We can only praise and worship God, or we should only praise and worship God. But God deserves our thanks and our worship and our, and our praise. <clears throat> How can we thank God for things when, when, when bad things happen, though? And so that verse says, thank God in all circumstances. But what about when things aren't very thankful feeling? Uh, David addresses this in our, in our verses here, verse 3. On the day I called you, answer me. My strength of soul you increased. I think that's kind of interesting. God strengthens our soul when we need it. God always answers our prayers. Sometimes, though, and a lot of times, he doesn't take away the problem, but he always gives us strength to make it through. I don't really like that. <laughs> you know, I would rather God just kind of take away all those issues that I'm going through, you know. But uh, God allows us to go through pain because even though in our society today we don't like to think about this, you know, pain can be good things for us sometimes. No pain, no gain, right? Sometimes God uses pain to shape us. You know, maybe it makes me think of uh, Abraham, the story of Abraham. You know, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son on the altar to test his faith. I always wonder, why does he need to do that? God, why does God need to test his faith? He already knows what his faith is like. You know, he's God. He knows all those things. He wasn't testing the faith for his, for his sake. He was testing Abraham's faith for, for Abraham's sake. You know, if I had a piece of iron here, um, I, I know for certain that if, I go through, if it goes through a certain chemical process, it will turn into steel. I know that. I don't have to test that. But it doesn't turn into steel until I put it through that process, right? God wants to put our faith through that process. He wants to turn our faith into steel. And unfortunately, that happens most often through pain. It happens most often through tough times. But again, God promises He'll be through us, be with us through that whole situation. And in the end, we can give thanks for what He's done, how He's done that. It's hard to give thanks sometimes during, in the middle of that. It's a lot easier to look back and say, wow, I can't believe God did that through that situation. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> So how about some specific things we should give praise to, to God for? He, God, or, uh, David lists a couple things in the psalm here. He says, he rescues me in times of trouble. That's pretty cool. Now David talks about this a lot in the psalms because he had some literal people after him, literally people wanting to kill him. You know? People really wanting to cause him harm and trouble. Maybe some of you guys have that too. Maybe you guys have some real enemies in your life that want to cause you trouble. But, you know, we get trouble from all different circumstances. You know, um, I'm on the road for my job three to four hours a day. I see a lot of trouble on the roads, and I thank God all the time for not being in that wreck <laughs> or, you know, not getting, you know, uh, hit by that guy that cut it really close, <laughs> you know, when he was trying to pass me or whatever. God protects us on, you know, in, in dangerous times throughout the day. God sees us through financial trouble, through marriage trouble, through personal trouble, all kinds of different troubles, you know, God sees us through each and every one of them. And I'm sure you can all think of troubles that God has seen you through. I think a really cool verse is uh, Proverbs 24, 16. It says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. 
In other words, a righteous person falls down seven times and gets up every time. A wicked person falls down once and is destroyed. You know, wicked people have no help. But the people of God, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down, God's right there to help us back up. Maybe some of you guys are in trouble right now. Maybe some of you guys are, feel like you've fallen down. I just want to remind you that God is still with you. He's there to help you get back up again. And no matter how many times you fall in trouble or in, in uh, uh, mistakes that you make, God is there to pick you back up. He promises that. God sees us through tough times, and we should be continually thankful for that. We need to be grateful for all that he's done and give God credit publicly, I think. I think it's a good thing to give God public credit for what he's done. He preserves us in times of trouble, but he doesn't promise to come through unscathed. He does promise it'll bring good out of it, though. So about uh, two years ago, I was uh, driving to work. It was uh, late, late winter, I want to say like early March. So like the snow was gone, most of the cold was gone, but still a little chilly out. <clears throat> and uh, I was heading to my first appointment, so I was heading up Route 77 and getting off on 224 West. If you know that exit, that's just before they were working on this exit. That was kind of a kind of a bad exit, you know, kind of slippery. And I remember I was coming up the coming up off the exit there and thinking, you know, it it could still be a little slick here, so maybe I'll need to slow down a little bit. And I'm coming up over the bridge, and certainly, and sure enough, my, my, I feel my back end go this way, my back end goes that way. It goes this way again. I'm sitting there trying to, trying to get control, and all of a sudden I start spinning. I do like almost a half spin, go across a lane of traffic, and slam into the, the concrete barrier in the middle. Amazingly, praise God, thank, thank you, Jesus, there wasn't a car there, there wasn't a semi there <laughs> to flatten me, and even though I hit the concrete wall, I walked away without a, a scratch. Didn't even have a, a sore neck or anything. On top of that, I'm sitting there in the car, and I'm trying to get myself together. You know, I'm in a daze, and I'm trying to find my phone because everything went flying all over, the, all over the, the, the car. And I hear this voice, hey, you okay? And I look over, and there's a highway patrolman there looking over the, over the concrete barrier. He had been driving down the other way, saw the whole thing. He stopped up, he pulled up his car, looked over there to make sure I was okay, drove around, put his lights on immediately to protect me, you know, Called a, uh, a tow, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Tow truck. Uh, called a tow truck for me, free of charge. Uh, put me in the back of the, the cruiser. That's the first time I've ever been in the back of a, of a police car. I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, if you've never been in the back of a police car, it's pretty uncomfortable, actually. Like, they don't, they don't care about you being comfortable back there. They just throw you back there. Uh, that's probably a sermon illustration all in and of itself, right? You know? But he put me back there, you know, took care of me, uh, got me back on the road. Uh, my car was totaled, but I walked away unscathed, at least physically. I praise God for that. And, and I'm sure, again, you guys all have stories like that, where God has seen you through um, situations where you shouldn't be uninjured, or maybe you shouldn't even be alive but God sees us through it. The second thing that he talks about is uh, he gives us purpose, that we, we should be thankful for the fact that God gives us purpose. Verse 8, The Lord will fulfill your, his, promise, his purpose for me. Your steadfast, O Lord, endures forever. 
<clears throat> Do you know why so many young men today live at home and play video games all day? Because they have no purpose. Do you know why so many young women excel in their careers but go out drinking every night and feel lonely all the time? Because they have no purpose. Uh, If we were just one big galactic accident, here purely by chance and evolution, we have no higher purpose. And that's that's the problem. Suicides are at the all-time high among all age groups. We need something bigger than ourselves. That we can uh, that we can you know give our lives to. God gives us purpose in life. He wants us to love Him and to love others. He wants us to help expand His kingdom, and that's where we start with our purpose. We should be thankful for God's direction in our lives. Sometimes we could be resentful of God's requirements. We need to remind ourselves that His commands are for our good. John First uh, John chapter four is interesting. He says, this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome. I think it's interesting that he says that. His commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that we have overcome the world, even our faith. His commands are not burdensome, especially compared to some religions or cults, as some of us here can, can attest to, right? You know, the, the, the few commands that God you know, desires of us are, are, not, are not a big deal, really. Um, and they're for our good. It's so easy to look at, you know, this little thing here, this is what I can't do, instead of all the things that we can do, you know? Uh, I think I've told the story before to people. I have, have a friend that uh, he had a little kid, a toddler, and he basically said to the, do- to the toddler, you can climb on any bit of furniture here. You know, I don't care. You can go anywhere in the house, but not this table. This is the no-no table, right? So that's all the stuff that was fragile, you know, or that he didn't want him to, to mess up. Where do you think the toddler always wanted to go? The no-no table, right? We get so fixated sometimes on the things we can't do but you know that's just a really small set of things. God has given us so much freedom, you know, that, that we can do so many things. The no-no table is there so we don't hurt ourselves or hurt other people, and we need to, to remember that. So I think it's interesting here. You know, we, so we kind of talked about the beginning of the psalm and the end of the psalm, and the middle of the psalm is is a little bit different. The middle of the psalm talks about. Uh, well, here I'll just read it. Verse four. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. It doesn't seem very real, does it, that all the kings of the earth, all the people of the earth, you know, give thanks to God. That's certainly not true right now, is it? And it won't be true today. Um, It won't be true until sometime in the future. Now, in some ways it's true, you know, the world is better today than it was a thousand years ago, or two thousand years ago even. Um, there's much more good in the world today than in ancient civilizations. They practice human sacrifice, child sacrifice, slavery, and so much more. Science didn't make the world more good, though. World War I and World War II demonstrates that, but science, uh, if nothing else, it just gives us more efficient ways of killing each other, Right? Uh, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, who was Jewish, 
uh, claims that the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, exists to make the world more good. That following the Bible will make the world more good. But trying to be more good, trying to be a, a good person, a better person, following the rules, isn't going to make the world better. God's grace is the only thing that has the power to make people good from the inside out. The good news of God's grace transforms, transformed Rome. That was a pretty bad place. If you don't know some of the stories of Rome, it was evil, terrible place. It transformed Europe, which was probably even worse than Rome. And it's transformed much of the world. God's kingdom will continue to spread until one day Jesus himself returns. That's what the Bible promises. And usher in the new millennium in which all people will, will literally give thanks to God, just like this verse says. So even though the verse kind of states it as it's present day, I think it's actually pointing toward the future that we, have, that we look forward to, that we have hope in. That even though we look around the world today and say, man, this world is messed up <laughs> in a lot of ways. We know that, and we might even ask ourselves, you know, why does God let this go on? Well, one day God promises he's going to stop it. One day he's going to get rid of all evil. One day he's going to get rid of all conflict. And he's going to make the world the way it's supposed to be, the way he created it in the beginning. And then everyone, all the kings of the earth and all people of the earth will give thanks. That's the day when what God says in Philippians will come true. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to be a pretty cool day. When we all bow down in worship and in praise and in thanksgiving to Jesus. That's the hope that we hold on to, that by his grace we are saved and made good, that the world is more good now than it could be on its own, and that someday heaven and earth will be together again, and things will be good again. You know, I think uh, communion models this. All around the world, you know, right, right now, uh, all, all day today, people are, are participating in communion. And <clears throat> the first part of communion is, uh, you know, when, when Jesus broke the bread, he gave thanks. Um, so communion should always be a time of us giving thanks to what God has done in our lives. We give thanks to him, for Jesus, mostly, right? It says, do this in remembrance of him. We remember the sacrifice that he did. Remember the, how he saved us from our sins and transforms our lives. But I think this is also a time we give thanks for everything that he does in our lives. So I encourage you today, as, as we prepare to, to go into communion time, that uh, you take a uh, time to, to give thanks you know, for Jesus and to give thanks for, for what he's done in your life. But uh, maybe give a little extra time to give thanks for all the different things that he's done in our lives. And then um, when you're ready, you know, as, uh, um, as you feel led, you can uh, go and take communion over here on, the, on, my, on my left. You can uh, serve yourself with uh, the wine and, and the bread. And then if you need uh, gluten-free, we got that over here as well. And then can and just head back to your seat. And we're just going to take a little time today while, while Michelle plays to, to pray and to, to thank God for all that he is. Um, and I'll, let, I'll start us out with a little prayer here as well. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for all that you've done for us. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for his sacrifice 
And we're thankful, Father, that he didn't just do that and leave us out by ourselves, that he continues to, to work in our lives each and every day. Thank you, Father, for uh, all the good gifts that you've given us. Father, we praise you that you are a holy and gracious God. And we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our Sunday service. If you're interested in joining us in the future, you can find us at 17766 Cleveland Avenue Northwest on Sunday mornings at 10. Additionally, we host a meal every first and third Sunday after service in order to fellowship with one another. Visit aseatforyou.org for more information. We hope you'll join us next week. Go in peace.